TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa dematis Lapore and Ann Baldwin. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of The Connection. I'm Ann Baldwin, one of the co-hosts for this program. And I'm Lisa dematis Lapori, CEO from The Connection. Good morning. Good morning, and finally, spring is here. Spring has sprung. Damn, it's been a long time coming, isn't it? I was so tired of that S word, the bad four-letter word that for the weather. Unbelievable. I and know. I got to tell you, I just, it puts me in a funk, man. I got to figure out where I can go. You know, Colorado, when I live there, that's where I'm from. It can be snowing, but the sun's always out. And it really does change people's attitudes. People are more active. They're they're up. They're, but this gray, dreary stuff is just... I know. That small jaunt I had for five days to Florida was just great. It was so hard to come back because everything was so green and flowers and the smell and the water. And Why do we live here? I don't know. We live here because we love our jobs. Right. You're the CEO of The Connection. And I've got my business here. My dad's here. He's elderly. You know, you get stuck in places, but I guess we could be in worse situations, right? It's not. It's all good. I didn't mean to start the show by complaining, but I guess I am. No, I, don't, I think it's okay. It's just that, you know, I think it's, it's, I mean, the seasons, I can understand why the elderly people um, go to Florida. Go to Florida. Yeah. I really, I really get it now. Yeah. So they can all share in each other's misery. So they can all walk on the beach and see green and palm trees. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe someday, Lisa, we'll get there, right? Yes. My mom lives in Florida, so maybe I'll go down there. Anyway, we're talking about um, May's coming up, and it is Foster Care Awareness Month. And i got to tell you, I've really been touched by the program that The Connection offers because I've had the opportunity um, through our business and our working relationship to do some videos on the foster care program. And I go back to the family in one town that um, – had one biological child, and then was told they couldn't have any more children, so they adopted a little boy, uh, or no, they excuse me, they fostered a little boy, and he became such an integrate part of their family that they adopted him, and then while we were there, we couldn't film her, but she was like a, I think like an eight-month-old little girl that they were fostering with the goal of adopting. And to see that family interact and see the joy and love in that family and the fact that these parents opened their arms to these young children um, that may or may not have issues, you call it therapeutic foster care. So, you know, it was just an amazing experience. And so I was so grateful to meet them and see how they've really given these children an opportunity to have a forever family. So today we're talking with Deb Borzellino, who's in, in, the, sh- in the show today. She's the Area Director of Support Services. And that really is one of your focuses, right, Deb, is to reach people out there that, you know, regardless of where you're at in life, you know, even people my age, my kids are grown, I'm a grandmother, but is there room in my heart in my home for, for another child? You really have a need for foster parents in this state, do you not? Yes, we have a great need for foster families uh, in this state. 
and there's so many myths out there about becoming a foster family or a foster parent. First of all, you just need to be 21 years of age or older. You do not have to be married. You don't have to be a parent. You, your race, your ethnicity, your culture, your religion, none of that is, is, would prohibit you from being a foster family or a foster parent. Mm -hmm. So I think it's so important that anyone that is willing to open up their hearts, their homes, the most sacred part of their lives, their families, and welcome a child who is in need is just the greatest gift we can give to our children in this state. And I can tell you my office, um, Baldwin Media, is in a, the building, same building with one of the DCF offices. You know, so I see a lot. I see a lot of these young people, you know, for whatever reason, they have these children and these children just it's not a good fit. And I also see then the foster parents, you know, who come and who nurture those kids. So, um, you know, there are advantages. And I, I didn't know that, Deb. You just taught me something I didn't know. I didn't realize that you don't have to be married. You don't have to be a parent. And I think one of the things that you say, there's a lot of myths out there. Talk about, you know, if you become a foster parent, you don't just say you go through this process and you take this kid home. Because you guys, the connection works with these parents or these individuals every step of the way. 24-7. Right. Basically, so what does there. that look like? What do the support services look like? So our support services are exactly what Lisa said, which is 24-7. We have a family support specialist. We have directors. We have case managers who are at the beck and call of these children and families. Because we understand that when you place a child into a home, it's not all smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. However, with all the supports available, we can make the transition for the child and the family much easier. Like what? So we would go out on a regular basis and meet with the family and the child. Make sure that the family is well prepared to take on a child that's not their own. Mm -hmm. So we would educate that family about that particular child. What do they like to eat? When do they sleep? What school do they go to? Are they interested in any sports? Are there any potential uh, behavioral health issues that they need to be trained on so that they are prepared to take in this child? So those are some of the supports. How many kids out there, you know, give me a number. It doesn't have to be exact. But how many kids out there are waiting to be fostered? In this moment, or in the state of Connecticut, there are anywhere between 100 and 150 children who are ready for homes. And tell me a little bit about the average kid. So, well, first I wanted to talk about the, if you don't mind, let me go back to the biological family. So let's talk about the biological families. So the biological families, th these are not bad parents. These are parents who have hit a really difficult period in their life. And for the moment, they are not able to take care of their children. A lot of these parents were raised in traumatic situations themselves. So this is what they know. So I wanted to spell the myths about biologic, myths about biological families mm -hmm. as well. Okay. So that, that's what happens with them. So the typical child would be the age of five all the way up to 17 or 18. So these children are children who have not, at the moment, are able to live with their biological families. So these are normal kids in a lot of ways. They like the same thing that all the other kids like. Mm -hmm. However, they just, through no fault of their own, cannot live with their biological family. Let me ask you a tough question, perhaps. So why would people do that? Why would I foster a child and then potentially have to give them back to their parents? I mean, what's in it for me? An opportunity to change a person's life, an opportunity to give a kid hope, 
an opportunity to help a child who was otherwise not trusting of adults develop a trust that their world is actually safe. And, you know, I know we don't like to talk about this, Lisa, and but I think it's an important factor. There is also financial support because we there all is. know, I know how much I, money I have and continue to spend on my kids. So there's financial support too, isn't there? There is financial support, which Deb can, you know, talk about, but we do, um, the families do get a stipend to be able to provide the child with, you know, what the child needs to, to survive and what it means to really take on the responsibility. So not only are you opening up your home and offering hope to another individual, but you're also getting the emotional support and the financial support to do the same. Plus, can you imagine, I wish I had, I mean, my luckily my son is well adjusted and, you know, we're going through the teenage stage, which is, is, is actually going fine. But can you imagine, no, who really ever even knows how to parent, let alone if you have issues. So to have this support system of Deb, Deb's staff, mm -hmm. to be able to call when things are, I mean, don't you wish you had like a 1-800 number to call and say something? All I had is I remember one day taking, I think it was my daughter when she was like nine months old, with my arms out and I'm holding her in her arms. I went over and knocked on my neighbor's door and said, take her, I need a break. <laughs> you know? But so, this yes. is what the program, I mean, the program, yeah. the, the Deb and the staff are so trained that they can do interventions. They can, you know, step in and there's also respite services that are provided. So if the family, you know, needs a weekend, you know, the child can also go into another family's home for the weekend and the families are amazing. Thank you. CCF fam connecting children and families out there if you're listening thank you for opening your hearts and your homes and doing going the extra mile and loving these children giving them an opportunity but also supporting the other families in the program so think of the support system you have this mm -hmm. is like you know when you build a support system at school you meet other parents who's giving a ride who can you talk to this program also provides that I mean, to me, it's just the perfect setting to take a child into your home. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Deb uh, Borzolino. Excuse me. She's the area director um, for the Connection Support Services. So, Deb, tell me a little bit about what is the process. You've got a website, which is theconnectioninc.org. There's information there. But if someone, how, how in-depth is the process to become qualified to be a foster parent? So the, the easiest thing is to go on our website and you're going to look under Connecting Children and Families and you will see some contact information. There's phone numbers, there's um, in which to call. Once you decide that you want to open up your heart and your home and you make that phone call, we will guide you through each and every step of the way. There's, of course, paperwork to be filled out, and there's extensive training. So, again, because we don't want anyone to walk into this process not being f fully aware of what they're walking into. So, once the training is complete, we literally then begin to talk about what kind of child would best fit your family. And then we would move from there. And how long does that process usually take? Anywhere from three to five months. Okay. You know, and I remember another connection story where um, it was a really interesting dynamic, too, because you had a Caucasian family. That's right. An older family. I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that um, has been fostering kids for years and years. And I had the opportunity to meet um, one of their older foster children that came into their home, I think, at mm -hmm. 19, 
and uh, African-American gentleman, and they actually ended up adopting him. Mm -hmm. You know, and the pictures, you see the family photos, and you're like... And he calls them mom and dad. Calls them mom and dad. It's like, wow, look at this family photo, right? Because, you know, it, again, it was just, he grew up in a cycle of bad. You know, he's, he talked about never knowing who his father was. He talked about addiction on behalf of his mother. And even at an older age, you know, in his teenage years, when he found this foster family, you know, they got him into the football program. He was an incredible football player in his town. So articulate and just... He, I said, why at your age would you want this? He goes, because I've always wanted a mom and dad, and these folks are my mom and my dad. It was a tearjerker, man. When you think about the mission of the connection, and, and you think about the whole idea of home and family, there, there's nothing more sacred and not, and not a, more of a basic need than having a home and having a family. I agree. So that's what we are asking people to offer. We're asking people to offer a home, the most basic need that we need. You know, this um, this is really, um, oh, I'm going to get welled up here. That's wow. okay. It's radio. We won't see you cry. Um, I think it's, um, I don't know, as a, as a woman, I'm going to speak now on a personal level. You know, I am so enamored with, I'm so close with so many of my friends, and I feel like their, their children are mine. They call me mom. And, you know, I've got three, I feel like I have three kids, actually, no, five kids that I feel like they're my kids. And I love them just like I love Nico. Um, and, you know, there's times when these kids are calling me, right? I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not really the foster mom, but these kids are calling me and talking to me about things, right? And of course, I'm encouraging them, you need to talk to your mother, and they're all teenagers, right? I guess maybe you're always more appealing when you're not someone's biological mother and you're a teenager, but I love these kids. And truthfully, if I was, if I was in a different place in my life, I would definitely take a child in. Um, I, what I see happen in this program and the, the amazing bond that goes on between, it's really not about if, whether you're biologically related or not. I don't know. I'm sure there's listeners out there that, you know, and I hate to say this, but you, we all love people that are not necessarily related to us. In fact, we may have closer relationships with people who are outside of our family, mm -hmm. right? And um, I know for holidays, everyone's sitting around my table. Mostly they're not related to me because I don't have a big family. And maybe that's part of it. But I think we love a lot of different people, right? So opening up your home and taking in a child and giving back and the bomb that's delivered, you know, you just continue to, to build family and hope. And that's what the connection's all about. And so, Deb, tell me, um, tell the listeners about, can you share a, a, some story about one of the families that we have that really, I mean, there's so many that really stick out of your mind of, you know, this bond or maybe resistance in the beginning of taking on a child and how that sort of turned around? So <clears throat> there are so many families that it's, it's difficult to talk about one. I, I can tell stories, though, of when working with children who are in this situation and to see them say something exactly what you said, I have been looking for a family my whole life. I didn't know we could sit down and have dinner at the table. I didn't know that that actually existed. And for them to experience that, there are children who haven't slept in a bed. There are children who didn't have an, 
regular sort of life experience of in the morning they get breakfast and then they get on the bus and they go to school. They don't have that. So to bring that kind of normalcy to a child's life and that stability, you're going to change the trajectory of a kid. Mm -hmm. You're going to give them an experience that they never had before. What's better than that? Right. Impacting a life. What's mm -hmm. better than that? So I, I, t to your point, you know, I have a teenage son, and, you know, he's in college now, but we were the go-to house. And I would wake up in the morning, and sometimes there'd be 10 kids, 12 kids. I don't know. I don't know how many were in the basement. They all slept on the floor. But I, I remember after one kid graduated, we went to his graduation party, and he went off to college, and he sent us a thank you letter. And in the note, he said to us, you will never know what you did for me. Because he used to come over every morning for breakfast. He'd come over every day after school. And I, I didn't know his situation at home. He was just a really good kid that came to the house. We used to tease him. We called him part-time child because he was over <laughs> our house so much. So that was our nickname for him, was part-time child. He sent us a, I had no idea mm -hmm. that that was going to make such an impact. None. So I think sometimes that we don't think about the fact that these gestures can make such an impact. And we take it for granted sometimes, we don't do. we? We do. You know, we when do. I, I mean, I love my pillow. I love my pillow. I have a love relationship <laughs> with my pillow. You know, and I lay on that pillow and I say, hello, pillow, and I just <laughs> cuddle with my pillow. <laughs> I, just, I take it on the airplane. I take it with me when I travel. I mean, I love my pillow. But some of these kids don't. You know, you don't have that. No. Or, you know, for different holidays, I'll put up Easter decorations or Christmas decorations. And you know, those are memories that my kids have. So to be in an environment where you have that stability and you have those traditions and you learn just life skills, right? You learn socialization. You learn to love. I have a sister who's adopted, and she was adopted as a baby because they had me, and then they were told they couldn't have any more kids, and then they had two more kids after. Well, that happens all the time, right? So, but I don't even tell people she's adopted. I don't even, that word to me, it seems odd because she's my sister. Yep. She's exactly. part of our family. She's part of the family dynamic. I mean, I love her just like I love my other sister and my, bro my, other, my brother. So, you know, re these relationships, and sometimes in foster situations, many of these folks adopt these kids, right? They can, absolutely. They can. And you just brought up another excellent point about the siblings that are in the home. So if, if, if a family has biological children in the home, think about the wonderful lessons that you're able to give your biological f children right. about sharing and opening your heart and empathy and all of the things that we would want our kids to know and to be anyway. Right. Exactly. Do you and watch This Is Us? I love that show. So This Is Us, the program that I do too, it's so it's, great. It's, it's on NBC. Excellent. So they've brought in foster mm -hmm. kids. Yes, and I have. think of that. It hasn't all been smooth sailing. No. They've had their issues. But it's been a life lesson for everybody, you know, in that home. And I just see, I love to see how the resolution and how they've gone through you know, this relationship. It's about changing the narrative mm -hmm. that these children are bad kids to, no, these children have experienced trauma that some of us would never be able to understand, have experienced some difficult life situations, and they are acting out because of that. Not because they're bad kids, but because they had circumstances that happened to them. And children, it's the only way they know how to express that is through their behavior. Right. So we can help them, though, deal with those things. And I have seen it firsthand. A friend of mine's daughter and her partner, they've adopted, they fostered two kids at, as infants. They got, and they're 
their biological siblings. So they took in a brother and a sister at a young age. And the, the boy was a baby and the, the little girl was probably three. Just angry and acting out. And I remember the first time I visited them, I'm like, how are you going to do this, ladies? How are you going to deal with this behavior? But with the support services that they got, fast forward, this little girl is now six and the little boy is three. It's amazing. I mean, it is amazing. Part of her issue was she had visual impairment. So, of course, they've got her glasses, and she wears glasses now. And, you know, at her, at six, she can read, and she's in ballet, and she's in cheerleading, and the little boy is verbal, and it's like a whole different kid because yeah. they had the resources to work through whatever these two little kids have gone through. Absolutely. It's this, it, exactly. They offered love. They mm -hmm. offered stability. They offered structure. And that's what we're asking families to do, to do the same thing. We all need that. I like to get up in the morning. I like structure. I right? do too. So you get yourself ready for work. You go to work every day. You work. You go home. Of course, we have two dogs that need a little love and a little attention. And so w that's what we're asking people to do, is to offer that same kind of structure. Because generally, people can function better when there is structure and expectations in their lives. What if it doesn't work? Well, that does happen. It's unfortunate when that happens. When that happens, we work with families to transition the child, um, and we find, hopefully, uh, a better fit. Because, you know, I'm sure everything's not always perfect, right? But nothing in life is perfect. Nothing no. in life is perfect. Nothing. I mean, so. I know, you know, your son's not perfect, your son's not perfect, my kids no. aren't perfect, far from it, but you, you learn to deal with it. So what do you want people out there, Deb, to do? What do you want them to think about? Because, and it's got to be a conversation if you're, if, you know, whoever's in the household, don't you really have to sit everybody down and say, here's what I think we should do and here's why I think we should do it? A absolutely. Because you would want everybody in the family to come to a consensus about this. Mm -hmm. Can't just be one person in the family and no one else wants it. That's not going to work. Right. But I, what I really would like for people to do is just to become curious about it just to open themselves up to learn more about it and to let go of sort of the old idea of what foster care was like in the 50s or what, it, you know, the, the stereotype of being a foster parent. There are foster parents, you just talked about this, all around us at your church mm -hmm. <laughs> who you may work next to that you didn't know that they foster, who everywhere. You know, I just throw this in there, what you're saying. I talked to my best friend the other day. She has her her daughter's boyfriend living at her house, and they're acting like his parents because his parents told him to leave now that he's 18. And she loves this kid. Mm. And she said to me, you know, her daughter's away at college. And she said, I have this kid. It's a, oh, I have empty nest, right? They're in their 50s. And their girls are in college, and she and they have this this kid living there. And she said to me, "He is amazing. He has now become the son I always wanted." Wow. His family doesn't want him, right? And we're taking. He's working. He. We have dinner with him every night. He's helping my husband around the house. We go to the movies with him. We're we're playing. You know, Monopoly. We're doing all this. She says. She says, "Lee, I, I'm, this is the best thing that's ever happened to us." She goes, "I guess you could say I'm a foster parent right now." I, you know, I said, "Hey, I, do I have a number for you to call?" <laughs> um, but seriously, I mean, absolutely. I, it's and, and you know, people like you know, think about it. People right. are in this part of their life. You couldn't have children. 
you couldn't have children, you're in a different place. You know, or maybe you, you're a, maybe you're a same-sex couple, and and that's that, part of you want to grow your family. I mean, absolutely. There's so many different options. You're right. You're right. Inquire. You know, um, go on our website, theconnectioninc.org, connecting children and families, as Deb Borzolino said, and you know, give us a call just to find out information, and you know. So we can tell you, you know, what we do and what the process is. Right. And I think our video's up there, too, of that foster family that we profiled. If not, it's on YouTube. Yes. Um, and you really should check it out because that really captures the essence um, from both perspectives. From, you know, the parents that have brought these children into the impact on the children's lives. It's just, it's so priceless. It's amazing. It's, it's an amazing. elite group of people who are willing to do this. And I hope more... More adults are willing to join this elite group. Hey, it's interesting. I see all over the place, social media and everywhere, all these foster families for animals, right? <laughs> cats, yes. cats and dogs, and you know they're they're keeping them for a little while, you know, getting them where they need to be, and then they'll be adopted or they'll be, you know, owned rescued. By, rescued. We do that for animals. We're passionate about it with animals. What about our human beings? What about the lives of these young people that are right now in disarray? Why not help put, you know, the puzzle back together and give somebody a memory or a smell or an experience that they can take with them and live a better life, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yes, that's exactly what we're asking people to do. And I, I really believe there are some of the best, most generous, wonderful people living in the state of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And that... They have acts of service and love on a regular basis are going on in this in this state. We, we just don't hear about it. Mm -hmm. They're silently providing these acts of service and love. And that's what we're asking people to do. And as we talked about earlier, you get the support services. There is a stipend yes. to help cover costs. And the children have their own medical care. So you don't. there's no concern about putting them on their, your medical insurance oh, that's or anything like that. They, are, they have their own medical coverage. That's unbelievable. It really is. Again, the um, information can be found on the Connections website, theconnectioninc.org. So we've just got a couple minutes left. Anything you want to make sure that people are aware of, Lisa? Well, I, I before we close, I just, um, you know, we're so grateful to have you, Deb, as part of our team now as a service area director for Family Support Services. Um, Deb and I go back a long way, and she's really leading the pack. She has loads of experience and passion, as you can see. But, Deb, for you, with this, I mean, you oversee so many programs for at The Connection, but with, for this program, and as a woman and as a mom, what, what's, some, what's a last thing you want to let folks know out there that are listening? Why, why be a foster parent? I, I think about my own son, and I think about the fact that if there had ever been a reason in my life that I could not care for him, the thought of knowing that there would be a family out there who'd be willing to do for him at a time that maybe I couldn't is just, it's a blessing and a gift. And so I, I am so passionate about this. First of all, I just love kids. I, I just think they're dynamite. And, and they're... That's our future, folks. It is our future. And, and so because of that, I'm incredibly passionate about this. And, and I look forward to just pushing this forward. Well, let's hope those phone lines over at The Connection and those website hits peak after the show. Folks, I hope this motivated you to, like Deb said, be curious. Be curious and think about it. 
Wow, this is a great show. Deb Borzellino. Why can't I do that? Deb Borzellino, thank you so much for being here and enlightening us on this wonderful program. Lisa, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure, Anne. And we couldn't do it without you, our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of WTIC News Talk 1080. platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports the clock at four Doncic. the step back three you bet. music you set my world on fire yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to tune in.com or download the tune in app to start listening